Chase Moore, as well as Jerry Marshall coming up this evening. We also had the good pleasure to sit down with the good sister, Crystal Corrine. She's a poetess, filmmaker, actress, singer, and she's here to talk to us about some sisterhood stuff and her latest poetry project that she just put out there for the world to see just recently on Juneteenth. That's Crystal Corrine. And I'm also proud to welcome the people involved with the Boss Lady press release of I Am a Black Man, Ascension of the Kings. And we have three of the contributors joining us this evening. We have Darshell McAlpine. We have the good brother, Mr. McAlpine, also known as Alpine. And we have clinical psychotherapist, Dr. Carolyn Stevens. So it's gonna be an amazingly packed show and you might wanna call your friends and family to the radio or the computer because we are about to set it off. So this is kcwgthetruth.com. My name is DJ Rome. Welcome to Psychotic Bump School. Stay tuned for more. We'll be right back with our first guest, Miss Crystal Corrine, after this. This is Crystal Corrine, and you're listening to Psychotic Bump School with your host, DJ Rome, on kcwgthetruth.com, the best internet radio station on the planet. Marbola, Marbola, uh, oh, I wanna get to know ya. Lavender, incense, aroma, beach, I see, Arizona. Marbola, Marbola, I believe in you, my Jehovah. Don't let nobody control ya. Got a Ruby Gopo, I'm on a poster. Dressed in a silky kimono. Rarely ever see her in a photo. She okay with being alone though. She been working on a globe. Take that 
wanna get to know ya. Lavender, incense, aroma. Peach iced tea, Arizona. My reposa, my reposa. I believe in you, my Jehovah. Don't let nobody control ya. Got a rupee cup, oh, I'm on a poster. Yes, we are back. KCWG, thetruth.com. The name of this program is Psychotic Bump School. My name is DJ Rome, and we are continuing our discussions with artists that are celebrating their artistry despite and because of the ongoing pandemic, racial distress, everything that we're dealing with. Black joy, ladies and gentlemen, has to prevail and continue on. And on the line right now is someone who is continue, continuing to do just that. A few people I've been meeting on this uh, site called the, the Blackout Coalition on Facebook, and they have just been synonymous with just bringing together the, uh, the wide diaspora of the Black community across the country and across the world, really. And this is how I met this artist. She is a multi-talented artist who sings, she songwrites, she's a filmmaker, she was a poetry writer. She does it all in front of and behind the camera. Uh, she's a multi-hyphenate, ladies and gentlemen. So please welcome for the very first time to Psychotic Bump School, actress, singer, songwriter, Crystal Kareen. Miss Kareen, are you there? I am here. Hey, what's going on? So we were talking a little bit before we started to roll tape, as they say. And uh, you're actually uh, a multi-city transplant from uh, regions far, wide, and near. Uh, currently, where are you stationed right now? I'm in New York now. I live in Brooklyn. Oh, boogie down Brooklyn. Absolutely. <laughs> now, you started your days in the uh, the beautiful city of Chicago before moving to L.A., correct? I did. I did. Okay. Can you talk a little bit about your background in terms of uh, how your artistry developed in the city of Chicago before you moved to L.A. and now Brooklyn? What can you tell us about that story? Yeah. For, well, first, I, I want to go back to I'm, I'm originally from Cleveland. So I got to I got to ah, put that out there. Because like we, Cleveland, we go we go hard. So <laughs> <laughs> come on now. I'm, I'm originally uh, I'm from Cleveland um, and I left there at 18 to go to school in Chicago. OK. Um, what I love about Chicago is I feel like you get the big city vibe, but you still get the the small town feel and like some of the. Uh, the small town values, you know? So I feel like it has like the perfect balance. Mm -hmm. um, Chicago has a great artistic community. Chicago is a place where you can, we, we always say it's a great city to fail. And we mean that in the best way possible because you can, you can experiment and try different things and produce different things. And it's a forgiving city in the sense where you might you might produce something, you might put on a show, and it might not be that good. But the city's going to welcome you to do it again, you know, to grow and get better. Um, really? So yeah, I always say the theater community. It's really like a it's like one big dysfunctional family. <laughs> like like we all we all love each other, we all support each other, we so all wait. get on each other's nerves. But at the end of the day. If you come for come for one of us, you come for all of us. You know. Oh, that's what's I feel up. like Look. that's a really yeah. I think that's a really special thing about. Well, um, let me get this Chicago. straight. So you could actually be on stage in, in certain segments of Chicago in the artist community and actually sing off key a little bit, and the audience will still come back and support you next time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. When you put it like that, it's like, mm. it's like <laughs> but, really but, but yeah, like so, so I have a I've, chance. <laughs> so I've I've seen where like you know 
like in Chicago, for example, it's a, it's a huge theater town. And a lot of the theater is, you know, small, black box, intimate, storefront theaters. So you have a lot of people who start theater companies and they're like, I want to produce a show. And mm. a lot of times, the first time they, they go for it and produce it, it's not necessarily the best product. Sometimes they, you, they come out and, and they do amazing work, but that's not always what happens because along with experimenting, you take big risks. Yeah, and do. sometimes those risks pay off and they work and sometimes not so much. You yeah. have to learn from it, right? Mm -hmm. So I have seen where people have produced shows and they're not necessarily the best right off the bat. They're not the best in the first season, mm -hmm. but they come back, they learn and their friends and their community will support them again. That's awesome. And I think that's a, that's a rarity. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we need that everywhere. Now, compare and contrast that with the other places that you live. You're in Brooklyn now, but how much does that translate over into L.A. while you were there? Hmm. You know, L.A. L.A. is a it's, it's a different <laughs> vibe altogether. I mean, I, I remember when I moved out there, when I was about to move out there, people kept reiterating to me. They're like, when you when you find your um find your tribe when you find people you can trust there you go keep them close keep yeah. your circle tight keep them yeah. close you know mm -hmm. and when people are telling me that i'm like oh yeah you got to do that everywhere but when i moved out there mm -hmm. i got why people reiterated it so much mm -hmm. um i yeah. was really blessed in la that i found um a, a really good acting studio that was like a family Right. Okay. And I feel like, honestly, if I did not have that studio and those people there, I don't know how I would have survived out in L.A. Mm. You know, I felt like I really needed that sense of family and community coming from from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And I feel like the people who I have seen that um, have remained successful in the sense where they're still pursuing um what they love and they um they still have like they're there's they haven't um <laughs> you know completely lost themselves that's right. i feel like that's the common theme i've seen with everybody they've found people that they know will hold them accountable mm -hmm. that they know have their best interests at heart yeah um because you know the industry you can you can sell your soul <laughs> to so, you know, to climb yeah. in the industry and but like we were saying before we were we before we went on the air, I mean, L.A. has a lot of myths about it, too, just like Chicago, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're here. I, I want to talk to you about that in particular, because I'm from L.A., born and raised. Mm -hmm. and I can tell you one of the knocks against us was that we're all fake. We're all superficial and we don't have a tribe that is anything of substance. You know what I mean? It's all about what you can get and how you can use people. But there is. That is absolutely not the totality of Los Angeles. So in your experience from Chicago to LA, what were some of the myths that you left behind that you could dispel for us right now about Chicago and the ones that you encountered that you were expecting to possibly see once you got to LA that turned out not really to be true at all? Can you talk to us about that a little bit? Um, in Chicago, I would say the biggest myth is that it's, it's a dangerous city and it's not a good place to live. I think that's the biggest myth that I can dispel. I think it's just like any other city, they have their not so good areas and their bad areas and you have your great areas. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I would say Chicago is overall a great place to live and um, it's more than what, you know, the small fraction you see on the news. 
That's right. In LA, I totally agree. There are definitely genuine people out there for sure. You can find good people. I will say that I had to put more energy um, toward keeping people close and toward um, not allowing myself to get caught up in like the Hollywood lifestyle than I have in other cities, just because there is so there, there's so much of it out there. Um, Mm -hmm. But that's definitely not the city as a whole whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What made that challenging though was the, is the lure of the, the limelight is what gets people because they say money is a powerful drug or power is a powerful drug. So what, 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 what is it? Can, what can you tell us about what that gravity was that tends to suck the life out of people, the, the soul out of people, that they're willing to surrender that in favor of what they consider to be the dream that they came here for in the first place? Um, well, I think from the standpoint, like when people say like, oh, LA is, LA is superficial. Yes, mm-hmm. some of the industry is very superficial. Yes, there are superficial people out there. Um, and you have to work to like, you know, stay, stay with the people who you know are not about that. But I think the thing that makes it so hard is that you are constantly reminded that you might not be um, what is looked at as beautiful there or desirable there because they have all these like people who look like Kim Kardashian or who, who have yeah. gotten surgery to look like, like you have so much of, of that um there and present and in front of you and since that is in your face a lot I think it can be hard um to not succumb to that and be like yeah I do need to I do need to look like that I do need to to lose the weight to look like that x y and z Mm -hmm. and sometimes you do have to um have a balance because to be honest this is an industry where it is totally legal and ethical to discriminate or maybe not ethical but they can discriminate against you for the way you look right so you do have to be aware of the way you look and the way you come across, but going through everyday life there, it can be difficult to not let that seep into your head so much where it becomes obsessive. Like I like people will always say like, Oh, you're small, you're tiny. I'm like, Oh, to the rest of the world, maybe in LA. No, I'm not. It's a different standard of what, what uh, beauty is and what's acceptable. Like people have a joke like, Oh, well, a 10 everywhere else is like a six in LA, you know what I mean? So Mm -hmm. it can be hard not to, um, to let those, to let that fuel you, I guess. Oh, wow. Yeah. That does sound like a different vibe and the sisterhood (laughs) vibe. I mean, you know, we're, you and I met, you know, through the blackout coalition to where there's a lot of solidarity in our community right now. Mm -hmm. Now, absent of this moment, which is going to be here for the foreseeable future, was it to what degree were you experiencing this type of solidarity where we're going to circle our black wagons and we're going to lift our sisters up? Did you experience a lot of that while you were in LA before moving to Brooklyn? Mm, You know what? I talk about this sometimes with like my, my black guy friends because I, I, I'll be real quick to say, like, I feel like, people here in Brooklyn, like they appreciate black beauty, like the natural beauty more than Mm -hmm. I felt like, you know, in, in LA. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
I think a lot of times they support us in a way where they think they're being supportive, but they don't fully grasp. Um, how do I word this? I don't think they, they fully grasp how some of their words and their actions might not uplift a black woman. Mm. Um, and even with this movement, I still think it's something that's, that needs work. I think, Absolutely. I think it, um, it requires a lot of listening and being open. Hmm. Yeah, well, I still think it needs a lot of work. It does, and it's yeah. a work in progress, because I don't even know the brother's name who was dissing Jill Scott recently on uh, Twitter, where he said, do y'all really find her attractive? And Ex people mm -hmm. came out like, brother, are you kidding? I mean, mm -hmm. we love Jill Scott. I and mean, the fact weird. that, and even that right there, it's like, you know, the fact that you put that on a, on a you know one of your social media platforms mm -hmm. that you felt like you were comfortable enough and you felt like it was okay mm -hmm. to talk down about a black woman on on social media when you have such a huge following you know like right. i mean right. you couldn't call up call up some of your friends and be like yo you know what i mean like <laughs> right right so yeah it's like, what was he thinking? It's like, what could go wrong? It's like, like everything. Cause you know, we, we trying to lift each other up and brother, that's just not helpful right now. So that you would say that's kind of an example of the sleight of hand. Like, do you think it's, how intentional do you think it is? Not on his part. Cause that, that was just out of pocket. I, I think a lot of times it's, I think a lot of times it's not necessarily intentional. I feel like, you know, we grew up in a country that was built on white supremacy. Like at the end of the day, we, we consumed media that uplifted people that didn't look like us. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of times that goes into what people look at as desirable. Mm. You know what I mean? And like, when I talk to like my black guy friends, um, because sometimes I just like, I'll be at work and I'll just observe like my, my coworker and I'll watch just the way his eyes look whenever a Kardashian-esque girl walks by, whenever like a model-esque white girl walks by, whenever mm -hmm. just like a, you know, all American, like wh whenever they walk by, I'll just look at his eyes mm. and how you could tell he's attracted to it. And I'll watch the I'll watch him to see if I like if I see a cute black girl and see what he what his eyes do and it's not the same. What do his eyes do? How do you describe the difference? I feel like he don't he don't even see he doesn't see her a lot of times. Mm. He won't even he doesn't even see her. And it's not intentional, mm -hmm. but he has consumed certain things growing up in this country. And when I have had conversations with like black men about it, and these are guys who like, they, they do think that they, they love black women. And I think they, they do to an extent in their way. And mm -hmm. they have flat out told me like, yeah, you know, I think I'll, I'll definitely marry a black woman. Like, I think that says something like I, I wouldn't, you know, I think like black women are the best to, you know, marry X, Y, and Z. And then they'll say but there's so many options out here though there's so there's so there's so much like there's so much different types of beauty out here why wouldn't i want to explore all that hmm. 
And I'm like, I get that, but do you understand how you're basically saying like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll be with a black woman eventually, I'll settle down with them. But before that, I just want to explore all the all the beauty. So I'm like, do you under, do you see how that can make a, a black woman feel where like they're living in the, the same city as you and all they see is you with those other types of women? Hmm. Wow. And they kind of get it, but at the same time, they're like, but I love black women. Crystal, I love you. Crystal, I think you're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Right. But you you have this innate desire for for other. Hmm. And it's not all their fault. Like it, a lot of it is what has been consumed growing mm -hmm. up in this country, you know. So it's definitely an it's an important conversation to to have, but we we you know we have a ways to go. Yeah. Well, what? Uh, well, this is KCWG, the Truth.com's program is called Psychiatry Bum School. I'm DJ Rome. We're talking to Crystal Corrine, actress, singer, filmmaker. Uh, we're just breaking down some stuff right now. So, what is the 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 content of consumption that is to to be held accountable here? If you say we're we're getting the wrong influences and the wrong messaging that brothers are thinking that they'd be better off somehow in the short term with a Kardashian type rather than a sister. What, what is the, I mean, without stating the obvious, because we know social media is a pervasive element out there. Is there a specific type of uh, media programming that is like telling these brothers and whispering in their ear that sisters aren't, good for them in the short term right now but in um, the long term when they when they settle down after they've sown their wild roots what do you think about that um i wouldn't i wouldn't necessarily say there's like necessarily one one specific thing but just in in general with media um it is dispar disproportionately white it uplifts the white image and the white person you know what i mean um mm -hmm. so i think if you're if you're a 30 year old man you've had 30 years of that and then to from their perspective from friends that i've talked to their perspective they've been around black women their whole lives when they go to la they see all the things that they've seen in the media like all the glamorous stuff that they've seen in the media you know mm -hmm. why wouldn't they want that in what ways are you capturing some of these elements and your storytelling and your filmmaking and your songs and music um this moment that we're in right now in what ways has it impacted your art um you know i've always wanted to my goal has been able to make art that shows black people as three-dimensional like human beings like us just being um so recently like with the um you know the killings of, of George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, there were times where I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make a full out like piece. I'm gonna like record this and shoot this X, Y, and Z. Um, but there were a couple times where I'm like, you know what? I, have, I, ha I just have this idea. I just need to get it out. I need to just record it, sing it. And I just like did it in my vocal booth just to like get my emotions out there. And I feel like, that that shows our humanity a lot of times because mm -hmm. a lot of times there's this myth that black people are so strong that we don't we don't hurt we don't feel pain right, right. so i really just wanted to um make art that that conveyed our feelings and um what we were going through 
Um, yeah. For Juneteenth, I actually did shoot a, a, a piece, which was more so about lifting Black people up. I feel like we have been through such a hard time these past couple months. Um, in the country in general, being Black in America is hard. Mm -hmm. um, so I wanted to do a piece where it was just like celebrating us and celebrating our magic. So yeah. um, I called it a, a love letter to to my kings and queens. Okay. Um, if I and had uh, everything been going on the way it was going on, I don't know if I would have necessarily wrote that for Juneteenth. Mm -hmm. But it was like at a point where I felt like there was so much, we were going through so much and we were in so much pain as a people that I just wanted something to put a smile on our faces, you know? Oh, so, man. Yeah. Well, and you were doing exactly that. I watched a little of it. Uh, let me see if I could play a little of it right here. This is Love Letter to My Kings and Queens. We're here with uh, Crystal Corrine, y'all. Stay tuned. I love, I love, 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 I love. All right, well, that's a teaser right there. I'm assuming, whose voice was that? Oh, that was mine. <laughs> <laughs> so you do it all, and then you go into this wonderful, um, highly articulate, uh, poetic flow where you just wax poetic, and uh, you're, walk, you're seen walking and dancing through the city of, I'm assuming that doesn't look like LA. Where where'd you shoot that? That was in Brooklyn. Yeah, 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 yeah. it looks like Brooklyn. Um, it, it's a beautiful piece and right around yeah. Juneteenth there was so much happening in the country at that time and you're, you're absolutely right and the, the document of the White House was threatening to do a, a campaign rally on that day and all of that was happening and then you dropped this wonderful video and um, beautifully done. Uh, shouts out to uh, Charlita Williams. Is that who? Um, yes, that's my, so my roommate, fun story. So initially <laughs> for this piece, I was like, I just want to do it like super simple. I'm just going to film it like in my room behind a white wall and I'm just going to be talking to the camera. And then I was doing it and I'm like, I don't like this. So mm -hmm. that night I texted her, I'm like, yo, is there any way you could be in the morning and we could shoot some stuff? Mm -hmm. And like, I'm not really usually a fan of like the poetry videos where you see people like walking with the trees and stuff, but I'm like, I feel like I'm just gonna have to bite the bullet and do something like that. So mm -hmm. she met me that morning and luckily she's like, she's an actor too. So mm -hmm. when it came to like the shooting aspect, I could say like, oh, could we do a close up? Could we do a medium? And like, she already knew the language and stuff. So she mm -hmm. totally came through and like saved me with this piece because <laughs> she got oh, the wow. next morning and shot it for me. So yeah. Oh, it's really well done. And um, I'm assuming you went back in and did some editing and ch cutting, chopping and splicing things together to make it seamless. and. Yes, yes, I, I edited it as well. Look at that. So yeah, you, you're doing your thing and you're still finding a way to carry on during this time. Uh, it's a real pleasure to meet you. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation. If someone wanted to follow the work of Crystal Corrine, what's the best way for them to do so? Crystal underscore Corrine on Instagram, Twitter, and then just Crystal Corrine on Facebook. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, projects that you can uh, tease us that are on the way or in the works or in production um what, what do you have coming up in the immediate future 
Right now, I, um, I'm working on learning more about uh, recording music, like doing it more on my own. So I have like a MIDI keyboard. So I'm like working on making beats. So I'm hoping Hello. to, Hello. I'm hoping to uh, release music. Um, yeah. I'm working with another production company to make a short film. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm also working on my own pieces, doing some more of the sung uh, spoken word stuff. So, yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, continued success to you. And uh, it's a pleasure to meet you. Keep in touch with Psychotic Bump School. And one day we'd like to have you back to hear some of those beats, okay? Awesome, thank you. I just wanna say thank you so much for having me. I feel like this is, it's just always a great thing when, when black people support each other. I feel like it, it's so important. And yeah, black people were magical. I love us. Let's keep let's keep killing it. Let's keep doing it. And let's just keep, you know, being the incredible beings that we are. Hey, what's happening? This is Mark Maxwell, host of Rise, heard on KPFK. But right now, you're listening to one of my influences, the good brother DJ Rome on Psychotic Bump School. You know, the place where education and entertainment meet at the intersection of funk and soul.